Good morning, everybody. So good to see you. Thank you, Kristen and Katarina, for leading us in worship. Um, guys, it's, uh, it was a great night last night. Uh, I was telling Mitchell this morning, it is, um, it's kind of crazy to think that, like, the sun still stays out this late. <laughs> and we're hanging out, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's, it's great. And I'm still in my mind, I'm still thinking, it's like 8 o'clock, and it's midnight again. But you know what? Uh, Mitchell and I both woke up right on time. We didn't, well, he snoozed a little. I'm just, I'm going to throw him under the bus a little bit. But he snoozed. I didn't. I woke up to his alarm clock. So that means I get the extra point today. Um, so it's great to be with you guys. Um, we're going to talk a little more practical today. First, we're going to start, though, with more of the philosophy, uh, if you will, or more of what I gather to be my philosophy of worship. Um, kind of how I kind of uh, look at, everything just seems stuck over here. Um, look, otherwise I was going to stare at a mic stand with you guys. Todd, you feeling better? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Todd is feeling a little sick. Prayed for Todd. Well, I prayed for you. I don't know if you know you. I prayed for you. But uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, but this is, so I want to start at the philosophy, my philosophy of worship. And, and what I mean by that is how I operate, how I see worship leaders and how they should uh, kind of be posturing their heart um, in, in what direction that is. And, and many times, if I were to ask you, what is worship? What is worship to you? Uh, over, the, over the years, I've heard worship is expressing love to God, or worship is expressing our praise to God, and, and, uh, or, or remembering his attributes of God, or there's lots of different versions that I've heard, and for myself, I actually spent a couple years, and I know it seems maybe there's a book on it. I'm sure there's, ton, there's tons of books on worship. But for me personally, I spent a couple years digesting this idea of worship. And so I want you to kind of quickly think what runs through your head when I say, who is God? Who is God? What's the first thing? Anybody? Jeremy? Who is God? Father, Son, the Trinity, okay. King, kingship, crown, what's that? Almighty, all-powerful, right? Anyone else? Holy, high and set apart, or set apart, right? High added the high, but holy is just to be set apart from, right? Who else? Everlasting, never-ending, uh, always uh, always there, right? Everlasting. When I think of everlasting, I always think, uh, I always remember, I don't always think, but I always remember that everlasting really is even the other direction, right? Like everlasting can be, he'll be around forever, but he has been around forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's a zero, it's just a, you know, there's a zero beginning and end. He is the beginning and he is the end. Uh, so everlasting, Any, anything else? Father. Why Father? Yeah, Father. It's interesting. So, so we have the Father sense. Um, it's sometimes specific to the person. Who is God to you, right? And, and not a, I'm not trying to get universal on it, or universalist on us. It's not like, oh, you're God, my God. What I'm saying is God in his characteristic form, not for what he has done, but for who he is. There are many qualities and characteristics that make up God, 
But oftentimes we begin to look at things that he has done that stems to what we see who he is, okay? Um, uh, We tend to look at things that he's maybe working on in us, um, maybe that he's accomplished, obviously through the cross, and especially in and through us. What is he doing in our lives? Um, I could say, before I was digesting any of this, I would say, um, God is my healer. Okay, that's true, but that's an action. He heals, right? Who's God? It's like, um, for example, you all are worship leaders, Maybe you don't lead worship, you don't plan set lists, but maybe you play guitar, play drums, or sing on the worship team. Again, I still consider you a worship leader, a leader of worship. Um, oftentimes when people ask you, hey, Katerina, who are you? Well, I'm, I'm a worship leader. She wouldn't. I don't think she, I think she's a little more authentic, but I would. Okay, so I got caught in this, this cycle, this trap of identity uh, when I was younger, and it was interesting because it'd be like, Brandon, who's Brandon? Oh, he's a worship leader. Okay, well, did anyone ask Brandon if Brandon likes uh, uh, cereal all day long? That's who Brandon is. You know, has anyone asked Brandon how good his grades are? Yeah, he's kind of a slow guy. That's who Brandon is. Like he's, you know, but they they automatically attached this thing about me, this characteristic about me, and said, this is who Brandon is, which really, it's what I did, but it really wasn't who I was. And so the trap here is I ended up becoming that. My, my sense of uh, self-worth and, and who I was became my characteristic. It became, sorry, not characteristic, my thing I was good at. And when people began to ask me, Brandon, who are you? I would say, well, I'm a worship leader. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, who are you? What what makes up Brandon? Well, I enjoy to lead worship, and I believe I'm called lead worship. That's better. But really, at the end of the line, I'm a child of God. That's who I am. Who, who am I? I'm a child of God. Who, who am I? I'm called by God to lead people. Who am I? Um, I'm a father. Who am I? I'm a husband. You know, again, those are still things that I do, but they make, me, they make up who I am more so than something that I do. It's, it, you know, so in this, going back to God, oftentimes we look to the things that he has done, which is still valid. We want to do that. That's, that's the awesome part. We get to use those things to see who he is, but who is he? Um, it's great to examine the acts of goodness and faithfulness. However, actual worth, uh, uh, however he is actually worthy of worship um, no matter the actions. His worship is his from the beginning of time. He's been due worship from the beginning of time. He deserves worship before you were saved, before you were created, and before even the first human being set foot on this earth, worship was and always will be God's. There's, no, there's nothing that he could do to not deserve or to deserve worship. It's just his. Let me, say, let me say this, worship is not, uh, and prepare yourselves for this, worship is not for you. Worship is not for the non-believer. Worship is not for the believer. Worship is not for leadership. It's not for non-leadership. Worship is God's. Worship's not just music. It's not the songs we sing. It's not the lights we see. Worship is not the passionate passionate tinglies you get when you hear a great singer. 
Worship is not even the tool to bait non-believers into coming to a mediocre rock concert just in hopes that they would experience something fresh. And then just to hear a mediocre speaker like me <laughs> to, to hopefully bait them into believing something. That's not worship. Worship is simply this. It's simply acknowledging God for who he is. And that's it. It's done. That is the base. That is the core. Have you ever thought about someone describing another person that they're in love with? Absolutely in love with, head over heels. Have you ever heard them describe them? uh, Oh, I just love all the things he buys for me. And I love that my bank account is always full. He's just amazing. Sorry, she's just also, I don't want to mean that all the girls are gold diggers. <laughs> no, no one's ever said that. If And they're really true in love. It's like, I love how strong he makes me feel. That's characteristic, right? But then it starts slipping into, I love how compassionate this person is. I love how uh, faithful this person is. I love how no matter what, I know this person will be by my side from the beginning of our relationship till we die. I know this person. It's not about, oh yeah, I just love on Saturdays we get to go to breakfast and then he takes me shopping all day long. What? My sister would say that. Uh, My sister's crazy. Uh, If you say that, forgive me, you're not crazy. You're not like my sister at all. What I'm saying though is if you're in love with somebody, the the things they do for you is second or way to remember who they are. You know, I, my wife, she is, uh, she is so beautiful. She is super strong. She's so smart. She's, um, at her default, too independent sometimes. Um, she's just amazing. And when I look at her, I don't think, well, here's what I do think. I am a better man because I know my wife. I am a better man. The last 10 years of our life, she has changed and helped transform and help hone who I am today. And I can say the same thing for God. I love how amazing God is. Why? Let's stop. Let's not start with all the things he's done, sending his son to the the cross to die for me and, and saving my life and all that. Let's just start with who he is. He is faithful. He is always present. He is all powerful. He is all knowing. He is God. And from the beginning of time, nothing and no one can change the fact that he alone, who he is, deserves our worship, period. And oftentimes, when we come into a place of surrendering, we talked about surrendering last night, one of the biggest hindrances is, is our pride and the difficult uh, uh, time that we have getting away from what we want and what we need. Now, don't, don't get me wrong here. Needs, needs are something God wants. You know that. Like, I'm not telling you not to pray. <laughs> I'm not telling you, I'm not saying, hey, oh, from now on, no one's asking or uh, any wants, no needs, nothing from the Lord. Uh, he's all sovereign. And so guess what? Just deal with whatever plan he has for your life. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying in the context of worship, needs don't fit. Needs don't fit. Uh, I talk about my son all the time. And all sometimes I want is for him to look at me and say, Daddy, I love you. But he's two. And he's probably got as much ADD as me. And 
But it's always coming to me and say, Daddy, I want milky, or I want, I'm hungry, or he's just, I want, or I need, or I want, or I need. And sometimes I just want to slow down and grab, I do actually, I grab him by the head, and he does this now. I say, hey, look at me. And he, for whatever reason, who has two, who has had a two-year-old? Anybody? You know, you few guys. Okay. Do they just not look at you? Is that a thing? Like they, when you say, hey, look at me, look at me. Do they just not, or is that just my son? That just might be my son. Okay. Good. Good. Good, good, good. Okay, so Liev is the opposite. I say, look at me, and he goes, Liev, look at me. Look at me. And then he'll go and put his head against my head and say, Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I love you. But like straight into my eyes. Like he can't just look at me from three feet away and look into my eyes and say, Daddy, I love you. And that's the only thing I'm looking for. I don't, I mean, his needs come. Leah's needs come. I need Mecky. Okay, I'll grab a Mecky. We call it Mecky. It's milk. Um, I need Mecky, so we get Mecky. Or I, I, I want Paw Patrol. Okay, we're watching Paw Patrol. He's bringing me things that he needs and wants, and I'm more than happy to, to find a way to help him as long as it's good for him. But all I'm looking for is the acknowledgement for who I am. I'm Daddy, and I love you. So needs fit, but not in the context of worship. It's kind of like, um, uh, let, me, let me describe it another way, I guess. It's kind of like the can of Coke. Does anyone like Coke? Coca-Cola, not the drug. Um, Coca-Cola, it, um, it's a re- in a red can, and it's got a ton of sugar. Like a single can's got like, I don't know, like 11 teaspoons of sugar. It's insane, or if not more. And I love it. It's amazing. Um, it's so horrible for you. I've seen guys like wash like dirty old countertops with it. And then you start thinking, maybe I'll take a break. And then you have another Coke and it's just delicious. But anyway, so it's like looking at a can of Coke and saying, Hey everybody, I'm going to drink one more inch to my waistline. It's like, what? No, that's a can of Coke, man. No, no, no. I'm going to drink my nap in about 15 minutes. No, that's not a nap in 15 minutes. What you do later is a nap in 15 minutes. What you have in your hand is a horrible bomb of sugar. It's a Coke. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it, you cannot unsee God for who he is just if you're only looking about what he has done. That's a way to get there, okay? And now the way to get there is through Jesus. So how do we worship? What's the bo- baseline of worship? It is acknowledging God for who he is through Jesus. There is zero way, and I, I, I want to be careful here because in the Old Testament, they had God. Of course, they didn't have Jesus by then. There's lots of foreshadowing through the Old Testament of who Jesus was. But they didn't have specifically Jesus, and they didn't necessarily have specifically the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I want to be a little bit careful. I'm not trying to make a huge theological statement here. All I'm saying is I'm not sure that any person can clearly acknowledge God for who he is, for who God is, without knowing who Jesus is and what Jesus did at the cross. I'm pretty sure it's impossible. In our case, New Testament, post-Christ. So here we are. If I were to just say, have a conversation with my brother-in-law who does not believe in Christ, he and I can have 
an hour-long conversation on God, and the entire time all I'm thinking about is you think, of, you, think you know the same God, but we absolutely do not. It's completely different. In the Bible, um, it says, uh, in, in John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So either Jesus was a liar, or that's how we get there, because I don't believe that he's a liar. Jesus said, through me, through Jesus, we can acknowledge God for who he is. Through Jesus, we can see the Father. Through Jesus, we can see the, cre- the creator. Now, they're not two separate persons. Again, I'm not making a theological statement here. They're the same person. They are one God. But what I'm saying, the characteristics of who and what they have done leads us to know God in his fullness, acknowledging God for who he is. Jesus is how we get there, through Jesus We have to consider him. We have to consider the cross, how he took the beating, how he took the crown of thorns. And when he died, the redemptive, powerful impact that we have of what happened. And when he died and he resurrected from the grave and the atonement for our sins and and all those things that we find in our life. It's, It's again the same conversation as when we surrender to that, we can see God. The work he did is final and done on the cross. Have you ever had, um, have you ever had uh, I don't know if you guys had this kind of uh, slang here, but back in the day they used to say, uh, if you said something really cool, people used to be like, word. Do you, you know? No? My word. Oh, you do? Okay. Or, or there's another one that was really popular, popular in the West Coast, like, like oh, truth. They'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Truth, bro. No? Never? Cornelia? Nothing? They used to say that. Um, And uh, I hated it. I don't know why I hated it. I started recently saying, where's the lie? And when I think of Jesus, there is none. When I think of Jesus, he is truth. When I think of Jesus, he is the word. And for, for whatever reason... When people say that, because they still say that, and I don't know why, I just hear it in pockets. Maybe I'm making it up in my own head. And I think, oh, they just said word. That's funny. Every time they say it, though, it reminds me, in my day, Jesus. God is faithful. Jesus. God is present. Jesus. God is all-knowing. He is all-present. And those are the things that make me want to just square up to God and put my head on his on his head, and look directly in his eyes and say, Daddy, I love you. I'm so grateful and thankful for what you've done on the cross and what you've done in my life, but beyond that, you are worthy of it all. Beyond that, if I didn't have salvation, if I didn't, I want my life to say you are still worthy. And that's a hard place to be. Many of us worship out of the gratitude we have in Christ, the, the, the gratefulness that we have in salvation. Don't get me wrong, I want you to be ever grateful. Every day you wake up, breathe breath into your lungs and set your feet on the floor to remember how grateful we should be in those moments. But God deserved it before that. Okay, so we acknowledge God for who he is when we worship, for who he is, that's the core. We do that through Jesus But how? The how is by the Holy Spirit. 
by the Holy Spirit. Seth Layton is one of the worship leaders at Village Church. That's my church um, in, in Surrey. And he, we recently, we're doing this, uh, we're doing a big night of worship at the end of this month. And we recorded these video segments. Um, and essentially it's, it's these. We're, we're, we're taking the whole church through. Uh, we worship to God through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And these, each video segment's about a one minute long. And, and he wrote out his, we all had to write our, our script, essentially. We're a very scripted kind of community. Um, who doesn't like a script, right? It's awesome. Anyway, Seth got to write his own, and he wrote on the Holy Spirit. And so I just wanted to read this for you. This is what he said. If someone were to ask me, how can I or do I worship God through the person of Jesus? I think the only way to answer would have to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's pretty clear throughout Scripture that unless your eyes are opened to, uh, by the Spirit, it is very difficult, if not impossible, for us to recognize and respond to God, let alone worship Him. In John 4, Jesus reminds us that the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. Or in other words, true, worshipers, uh, true worship is recognizing and surrendering to the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done at the cross by the revelation and power of the Holy Spirit. True worship to God is not something we can muster up on our own. May we never forget the words of Paul that we are those who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Jesus Christ, and who put no confidence in the flesh. We can't do it on our own. Uh, Village Church is is high, high um, seeker sensitive. Uh, Which is interesting because most everything we do is just like either, either... get it or get over it kind of mentality. It's like, oh, you don't like this? Okay, well, there's a couple other churches that might be better fit for you. But that being said, we're very sensitive to content that we present to a non-believer. And one of those things uh, for us is, is when we lead worship, the line that we have to tow is are we describing God in a way that allows the unbeliever to truly understand what we're singing about. Okay? But here's the line. It's not for the unbeliever. So that's the, that's the line we tow. We actually have to say on one side, are we making it clear enough for someone that has no clue who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is? We're making it completely clear on who this, this God is. But then on the other side, making sure they realize that what we're doing is not for them. Here's the tailored part, right? Now, here's another tailored part. Part of what we do for the believers is making sure that we're completely clear. Everyone knows who God is, who the Father is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. And then on the other side, making it completely clear that worship is not for them. This is a hard line to toe because over the years, we've, uh, we've been coming into rooms just like this all over the world, and we've been saying, oh, I just can't wait to get into worship. The Lord's going to speak to me, and uh, I know that, that his presence is going to move, and, and we're going to be changed in his presence. All of these things are true, and all of these things are benefits to when we inject ourselves into the presence of God and surrender ourselves to him, and he can work and move and heal and change and restore that's all true. But when we lay ourselves down as a sacrifice, there's no, 
take backs. There's, there's no, you, when you lay yourself down, you've acknowledged God for who he is. And that's the core. That's the baseline. That's the end. That's the, that's where we go. Everything we do on platform is the journey to get there. That's it. The distractions, the songs we pick, the, the attitudes we have, the smiles we have, uh, uh, all of it, everything we do is not performance-based. It's not excellence-based. It's, it's, or sorry, it's not perfection-based. It's excellence-based because we're creating the atmosphere. We're creating the journey for people to come to know who God is for who he is. That's it. By way of what he's done through Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Those are it. We cannot do it on our own. We have to accept Christ we have to see, we have to allow the Spirit to open our eyes. And remember, I'm not, I'm not trying to say what happened in the Old Testament never happened in the Old Testament. God, God spoke without the other two, and he moved. And peep, for whatever reason, dear Lord, you, you read in the Old Testament, and these guys were just so in tune to what God was doing. And I, I kind of wonder, <laughs> I kind of wonder it's, if it's because all they had was who God was. All they had was who God was. And somewhere down the line, we were getting to a place of our selfishness and our pride and our needs. Obviously, that's been throughout all history. That's not just limited to us. But somewhere down the line, and this is just Brandon speaking philosophically, somewhere down the line, we've started to grab onto what can I get out of this myself and forget who, who was at the core. And that's when we had to have this, this journey. We had to have it. Okay, so um, what I want to do right now, um, I don't even know how long I just went, maybe 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Um, what I want to do is take maybe 10 minutes in our groups. Um, if you want to kind of, I think we've got a three, four, four, three, maybe uh, another group of four instead of these two groups of two, if you guys want to kind of combine or something. Um, what I want us to do is take some prayer and reflection time with each other. Um, I want us to just take 10, 15 minutes to pray with each other. And there's three things to pray about. Do we have that up? No, yes, no. Oh, no, okay, no worries. So I will, what I'll do is I'll kind of cue us through each prayer segment. Um, so maybe spend three minutes, four minutes on this first segment together. Um, are you guys comfortable with the people in your groups? Say yes, because, say yes, because I don't care. <laughs> and Jeremy would not say, <laughs> yeah, someone's like, uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with these people right now. That'd be horrible. No one's going to say. <laughs> yeah. no one's gonna say. All right, good. Well, the first thing I want us to pray about is I want us to um, humble ourselves and do a little repenting. I want us to repent uh, about if we have made or if we've tried to make our own way. If we try to get into God's presence by our own hands. And what I mean by that is the striving, especially in a worship context, the striving of manipulation. Okay? So I want you to just take three or four minutes and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me for trying to make this my own thing. And allow your Holy Spirit to move in me the way you want to. Is that okay? All right, go for it. Let's pray. Okay, prayer number two. Help us remember Jesus, what he has done at the cross, the price he paid, and the life he saved. Let's pray that. All right, the last prayer 
just ask God for a deeper understanding for who he is to take you deeper in relationship with him. Lord, we thank you so much for this time this morning. Lord, we pray that our worship would be focused on you and who you are, that you are that you are owed that, you are due that, that is yours, that's not ours. Lord, we're so grateful of the, the things that we see when we are able to surrender our lives to you and to who you are. And those are great, amazing experiences and, and benefits to our life. But Lord, we pray that we could lay our lives down and see who you are. Acknowledge you in your greatness, in your goodness, in your everlastingness, in your faithfulness that you, God, you're all-powerful, you're all-knowing, you're all-present. And God, we just, as we lead people, as we lead ourselves, as we lead people in worship, this congregation in worship, Lord, I pray that you would allow our songs that we sing and the words that we say and the way we communicate with our body language, that we are declaring the goodness and truths of our God and that we're excited, yes, for what you've done and the salvation and freedom we find in you, but we're also excited because it's you and it's your celebration. So we thank you, God. We pray that you would take us deeper as a team, deeper as worship leaders. And I pray that you would just speak and move the way you'd want to move in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good. Well, we're going to take uh, a, a bit of a break. We're probably going to get started, I think, at... 1020 is that right 1030 we'll get uh, we'll get started again at 1030 so it's it's about a 20 minute break there's some snacks in the back of course coffee and water and juice uh, back there Katerina you have anything no great and uh, we'll pick it up here in about 20 minutes <laughs>